to Think Big with Dan and Kasim, and our guest today is Omri. So, Omri, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us where you live and what you do for a living. Sure. So, I live in Houston, Texas. Uh, I live here for about 19 years, and my greatest pride is my two kids, Ayal and Guy. Ayal is 13, and Guy is, uh, will be 16. Um, and what I'm doing for a living, I'm a managing partner in Texas uh, Logistic and Fulfillment Services. Awesome. So do you mind sharing exactly what, what your company does? So I tell you I tell you the story. 2019, uh, December 2019, my friend Dimitri, he told me, look what happened in China. Look, it's in John Hopkins' website. The circles are growing and growing and growing. What's going on? It's, uh, let's say, uh, trade masks. And we try uh, to trade masks. We couldn't, we didn't succeed to trade any masks. Uh, February, my direct Navy SEAL commander, he bought for me $58,000 in masks. And we formed the company in March. We sold about $28 million. Uh, in November 2020, we've been awarded in $380 million contract for the Department of Defense, part of $1.2 billion contract. And we prepare a factory. 550 employees, invested $12 million, machinery, whatever you can imagine, procedure, laboratories. And then they send PO and they cancel the contract for all of us, not just for us. Now we stuck with the factory, uh, 550 employees, uh, machinery. Um, anyway, there is, uh, we decided eventually we had investors, uh, there was a huge partner uh, and um, we converted the warehouse into 3 pl logistic and uh, the company was formed uh texas logistic and fulfillment services and i'm the business development we have several positions in the company and we recognized last year they're going to be a recession so mm -hmm. inventory will go up people uh, companies want to reduce costs um and apparently we have Customers from Coca-Cola, Monster Energy, Walls Green, uh, 500 Fortune companies. Um, and we have two warehouses right now, and we are 95% full. Cool, cool. So how has the company adapted the, to the challenges and opportunities presented by the COVID, uh, the pandemic? So the pandemic did for us amazing, right? We did, we sold our close to 95, $96 million uh, in the last three years. I, I got cancer. I got a very aggressive lymphoma cancer. If you ask me seven months ago when I was diagnosed, I would tell you that uh, unfortunately, but now I say fortunately, thanks to the pandemic, it lighted my life. Um, I just I just finished remission. I'm 50, um, 56 days uh, clean, and um, I, I think I think the pandemic was insane, insane. We worked 22 hours, seven days a week. It was crazy, crazy. No. Oh. And yeah, people were free and you were busy a lot. <laughs> insane. It was insane. It was just insane. And, <laughs> but, but, but there's up and down. It takes you emotionally to be very strong. And the way it works, it's, uh, it's, it's insane. You know, it's like roller coaster. Why are 10 million? No, refund me five. I don't. You scam in two. They gave me this. Why you did it? Why did I? Insane. All day long. <laughs> Cool. So, how does the company prioritize the sustainability and huh? environmental responsibilities? How does the company prioritize sustainability and environmental responsibility in its operations? My partner Dimitri, so can we divide it? He working in uh, the operation. Uh, we have Jared is the CEO. I'm business development, and Sean does sales. That's 
that's it. And uh, we work so so much all together in the medicals, so we know each other flows, and we need to, we know how to cover each other. So imagine I was seven months, pretty much, six months for sure. I was pretty much out in the last six months because I just came back three weeks ago. I was in MD Anderson in the hospitalized two weeks here, one week here. Tomorrow I'm going for six hours to get some antibiotics. So so it, it does two things. First of all, to trust your partner and to delegate work. Number two is create automated system that know how to operate itself. It took me years to understand the business work for me. I don't work for the business. So when you were going through treatment, I feel like a lot of times, I just said that like a hundred percent, but they say people who have like a positive mindset, like no doubts, you know, it helps a lot. Like how much did that help you, you know, being able to overcome everything, especially, you know, running a business and, you know, going through all that. My, my mother, my mother joined me, uh, January 2nd. So right after I recovered, like the, the day after I was hospitalized, she flew from Israel. She say, why you treat it like a flu? I went to Mexico, I went to California, to New York, to Las Vegas, to Israel, down to, with, with pressure, with a special mask, with wheelchair. I don't care. I just keep going and going and going. And I didn't really care. And I give you a small example. I just got the car today because the chemo stopped working and the cancer came back. So I did radiation and after the radiation, I did the biological treatment. And after the biological treatment, I got neurotoxic and crazy side effects. And the doctor told me, you cannot move. You need to be two hours away. And I just took the plane, went to my kid's uh, bar mitzvah in the Kotel. Yeah, I'll show you. You see the amazing, uh, right, blonde guy? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my kid. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. And uh, I went to the Kotel. I barely walk. I shake. My, my blood pressure was about 50 by 28. I don't care. I just keep going and going. And, and then I was so happy to see him on this event and all the family, and I was bleeding and, and all these kind of horrible things. And then, then I, I went to five days. The next day, my friend from the Navy still say, let's have a, I said, listen, I'm bleeding. I'm horrible right now. Come to my, over to my mom's house. Let's have shawarma here. Let's eat something. Then all my Navy SEAL team came over and I smiled. It was one of the best nights of, uh, of the last definitely two years, three years. And when I came back, I told the nurse, these moments with my kids, this moment with my friends, was than 50 chemo. And that's give you the answer. Sure. Indeed. Indeed. So do you think uh, this problem led to some bigger challenges with your business as well or, or not? Like No, it's make you better. I think, you know, I fail enough time in my life. I succeed probably more times in my life, but I also failed. And, um, and, and, and when, you, when you look at it, I think me and my partner, we have pretty very similar uh, life journey. So I think we build a sustainable operation that can pretty much work autopilot. And we build a very simple business. And it's matched pretty much my situation that from craziness of 22 hours a day, now we have a business rental, you lease a pallet, you charge storage and stuff like that. We rent from $8,000, the business rent from $8,000 revenue into $600,000 in 11 months. So now from $8,000 a month, we will now we're in a pace of 7 million a year and we, and we reach probably 12 million in the next few, few months. That's amazing. So in terms of your business partner, I think 
many people listening have trouble finding good business partners. Like, how did you guys meet and how did, and how were you able to find someone that you knew that you could trust and help build this company with? I build my success on many failures. And, and, and I give you an example. I'm building now a fund for, for we're building a fund for real estate right now uh, because I think opportunities will come. And one of the investors asked me, how can I do due diligence on you? And, and apparently he knows the head of the Israeli Mossad. And the head of the Israeli Mossad is a friend of uh, my ex-wife's husband. So I told him, ask your brother, his brother, his, his brother, if he knows the, this guy, which is the, the husband of my ex-wife. And he said, wow, you have a balls. You have a balls to ask this. I said, this is the thing. If you ask, if you call today to my ex-wife, to my ex-partner, I think that's the best due diligence. And I felt I felt enough times in my life to pick the wrong partners in personal relationship. In that's um, the worst, by the way, and 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 in business partnership. And I think the most quality that you need to look into it is having the same values as you have, and definitely loyalty, honesty, and someone you can steal horses in Texas, as we say in Israel, together. Hundred percent. Great. So. Uh, by the way, I'm changing changing the topic a, a little bit. Uh, how do you gather the feedback from your customers, and how has customers' feed, feedback influenced the product development? So, in fact, the business development. Um, this is a very simple business. We invested in a lot of startups. We have owned two startups, but I'm talking about the logistic because that's that's what the podcast is about. So, we are in very good terms in the relationship with the customers. Uh, we, because the size of the deal, we online communication and we adjust the services per the customer request. So we are very flexible. So for example, if we have Amazon clients that want to pay per box or per cubic feet or per this, so we are, uh, we, we adjust it, uh, we adjust it to, to their needs. So we are very flexible and because we are not from the business, right? We are only do it for one year. We see things that are different than people that do it for 40 years because we're more open-minded. So to change software, to change technology, to change people, to create procedures. No, that's cool. So we're a tech company, so we're always curious. You mentioned technology. Like, what technology are you using you know, daily that's helping your business? Right, so we're using uh, WMS, which is uh, Warehouse Management uh, Warehouse w Management Services, I think it is. Um, and uh, we're using Oracle. But we're moving now to uh, 3PL Central. But we have some proprietary uh, software that we develop for the for the needs of the business. So, do you ever use AI when it comes to day-to-day -day business operations? No. Uh, but again, now we're looking to grow the business. But as we grow, there are a lot of needs. For example, right now we install the scanner that scan all the pallets. And later on, we're going to implement the AI into this uh, to recognize if there are some leakage, some some scratches, and some broken uh, wrap. That's cool. So, in terms of you know, in terms of your business, I mean, have you always been an entrepreneur? So, like, yeah, like you know, failures in different business. Like, what kind of got you into you know entrepreneurship in general? You, you want to see? Yeah. You want me to work with you? I would work with you. <laughs> you ask for it. I didn't <laughs> offer. I show you. Um, so at age 13, I invented this. So there was no Bluetooth and there was no Wi-Fi. So pretty much I create a gold TV. It's really, it's really, I have a prototype at my parents' home. Uh, it was the best product in uh, Business Week in 1997. 
I connected the wire into the computer through the pin of the serial port of the printer. So there's no paper, printer is closed, no ink. So you can play golf against the computer. That's what I did 13. It was the best product in business week in 1997, page 40. Oh. If you ask, this is the second thing that I did, age 17. It's uh, for new driver in Israel, because in Israel, the mother cannot drive with a new driver sign. And in uh, the young, the new driver cannot drive without a sign. So that's, it's connected and it's shrink automatically. Wow. Then I had an age uh, in the university, I invented this. This is the folder I sold to Office Depot that make the hole. So I show you how it looks. <laughs> if you want to see. That's yeah, yeah. My, I have many patents, I have hundreds of them. So this is, uh, you see? So you put a paper and it makes the hole. That's called all in one. That's 2004, I sold to Office Depot. Uh, then I create. I had my own, my own uh, company for uh, coffee. Uh, this Francesca. I invented the iced coffee, the Frappuccino, 27 years ago. Uh, because there's a problem, it, uh, you cannot freeze sugar. So I did a deal with Splenda, and we create a liquid Splenda. Later on, I moved to the US, and you see, I did deal in 250 million dollar. That is me. So. Wow. <laughs> nice. That's, that's really cool. Um, what else? I did uh, many. I have tons of investments. So this in terms of so in terms of that investment group, like what was that about? I, oh, so, so you're an artist too. Yeah. So in terms of that investment group, like <laughs> what like what were you investing in at that time from that article? No, we build, we build uh, real estate in the Galveston, Texas. Okay, nice. Okay. So uh, by the way, what do you think? Uh, what do you envision for the future of your company and uh, how do you plan to stay at the forefront of the industry? <laughs> uh, like, uh, uh, what do you envision uh, the future for the Pfizer company and uh, how do you plan to stay at the forefront of the industry? Because uh, sure. you are you are pretty much succeeded, succeeded in your industry till now. And uh, yeah. So I tell you, I tell you a few things that we do. One thing that... Uh... 2019, when I came up with a name, our medical company called Texas Medical Technology. Uh, but then we are, there is a, we did be uh, a public, uh, a very large investor in this company. So we did a sum of exit. And uh, so pretty much you own more, most of the shares, but uh, we did a nice exit on this. Um, but I can tell you, uh, I was watching the founder in 2019, 2020 actually, and Ray Kroc come, he go to the Nixon and he put his tie. And then the, the McDonald's brother calling him and he said, do you know how I became the largest restaurant owner in the United States, actually in the world? McDonald's, it's the golden arch, it's the American dream. <laughs> and then I came up, I say, wow, uh, that's, that's, a good, that's a good idea. Uh, I'm going to get a Texas Medical Center supply. And uh, my rabbi, called to get the blessing of my rabbi and uh, uh my rabbi told me you will get a lawsuit i got a paper like that from the texas medical center which is the largest in the world but i made amazing because we made amazing of texas medical center because the name is generic it's a texas instruments it's a couple and then we call them and we say listen we give you the domain texas medical center supply we give you in canada mexico because you registered before 
United States in exchange, you let us use Texas medical technology. They didn't like it, but they let us use it. And then I understand the power of Texas. So Texas logistic, every time you Google it, it's good for the SEO, it's good for the name, it's powerful. It's not as, I'm just logistics. Texas logistics are like generic. The state, you know, it's very powerful. And, and that's the one thing. The second thing we're going to do now, franchisee. There is no franchise for a warehouse. We just met today the guy. And we start working in about nine months, we will be up and running. And we're going to franchise, because usually people franchise McDonald's, like in Donuts and whatever. We're going to franchise warehouses in the United States. So that's the way to grow. So in terms of franchise, I have a vision board. I want 10 warehouses by the end of uh, this year. So if somebody wanted to work with you, how does it work? Do you have like a minimum um, quantity or like how, you know, if someone's like a smaller seller, like how does it work? You know, someone's going to use so, you. So, you know, we accept everybody because, uh, you know, there was the guy that called us, hey, I have a client that wants to, to rent some space. Hey, I want a client of this. I want a client of that. And we say, okay, whatever. I just made this client. One, they are one of the lots also part. He just brought me a check of $95,000. Oh, wow. He went just for the beginning. Yeah. This is just, I just came back from there. So, 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 so you, you never know how small people are, became huge. Became huge. Because my grandfather always told me, you can get a, a flat tire, the best Mercedes, the best horses for one needle, for one, one nail. So never underestimate even guys that want four pallets or six pallets. You never know. I'm telling you now the real story just came from the warehouse. That's amazing. Yeah, I think so many people have this mindset of they're turning down business. But I think the way that you think is 100% the correct way to go. It's like more people need to have this kind of mindset. Look, I don't know you. You approach me in Facebook. <laughs> I say I have nothing to lose, right? Yeah, join I don't know what you are. Again, I didn't Google. <laughs> I didn't check. I'm joining. Right. Yeah. In the worst case, I will meet two amazing people, Kasim and Dan. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess, like, what advice do you have for somebody that's starting out today as being an entrepreneur? I think, I think, you know, everybody say persistent, persistent, persistent. Yeah, it's important. I don't know what the big. You know, I read, I read the thing that all Mark Zuckerberg and everybody else say, "Hey, persistent, persistent, and follow your dream, follow your passion." Da, 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 da. It's very nice. But there are these brilliant people like Elon Musk and Steve Jobs. So they're not like the common people. What I, what I suggest for, the, for somebody um, is, first of all, see the world like a five-year-old kid. Very simple. You understand the price is going to be, there is going to be a recession. You cannot ignore it. Simple. Increase the price. That is going to be more expensive. You don't need to finish Harvard to understand that, right? It's super simple. What happened when you, there is a recession? What people will need, people will buy more drink, people will do more e-commerce, people will need extra job, they will be, you need to understand the macroeconomy. On the basic stuff, you don't need to now to overanalyze and whatever. People will go more to vacation, less to vacation, they will buy more food. Once we understand it, for example, on my business, the inventory will go up. People will buy more food, that's why I'm dealing with Munster, with Walmart on rice, because there's no recession there. People always eat. And by the way, we have a huge customer from Pakistan for rice. Once you understand that, now let's talk business. What do I do? I don't have the money to open a business. So we lease the space. We got a tenant improvement from the landlord. So we go, he cut us a check. We use this money and we build the business from this money. So people say, oh, I don't have the money. You never, money is a tool. You can bring investor, you can manage money is a tool. Money never is obstacle to open a business. 100%.
and yeah. always think always think out of the box how how you can get some as I told you about Texas and have other other techniques to do same thing out of the box how you gain more customer so for example the, the beginning we need more customer I don't know the market I don't know 3pl I don't know logistics I never done it in my life we find five platforms like Airbnb that connected tenants with warehouses I visited the same day and we got a lot of clients from them yeah that's amazing really, yeah amazing amazing well omri thank you so much for your time i really learned thank a lot you, you know i yeah. learned a lot and i'm rooting for you and i'm hoping that you know in a year we have the conversation again and you'll be even more bigger you know with your company so i'm wishing you like the best of luck and thank you so much for your time thank you thanks omri all thanks. right bye it was really nice to talk to you Bye bye, -bye.